the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. We need a president who respects science, who understands that the damage from climate change is already here. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East off. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins and time to make yourself a nice cuppa, put your feet up and enjoy the only podcast out there that not only gets to the guts of the environmental agenda, but brings it bang up to date too. We reflect the enormity of the current green situation. The man who sits at the front desk of events is the environmentalist and entrepreneur Dale Vince. Dale, morning to you. Yeah, morning Ian. My teacup's empty actually. Uh, you just is it? Remind- yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay with you and make sure. Have you not got but- handlers who oh. kind of hitch in with a almost a funnel? Of, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, this one's on me, but I've got, I've got a splash left. Green tea, nice, nice cold, so I'll just sip that. Superb. Uh, let's start off with this uh, interesting headline. The UK needs to redouble efforts to conserve marine life. Now it has taken back control of its territorial waters. So this kind of ties in the environmental agenda and the Brexit agenda. Yeah, my favourite combo, actually, <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's a chance to slap the government and Brexiteers around the face with Brexit and say, come on, we're supposed to have control now. It's like yeah. VAT. We raised that a few weeks ago. You know, that It's been an excuse that EU membership meant we couldn't do sensible things with VAT before, you know, like lower it on solar panels and stuff like that. And, uh, and the same with marine protection. You know, it's been an excuse that we're stuck in the EU fisheries policy, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Well, we're not now, guys. And, uh, you know, I, the, the people raising this are quite right. Uh, three quarters of all what we call marine protection zones around Britain are actually fished and trawled, which is incredibly destructive. I mean, what kind of protection is that? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, that the, the whole mood music around Brexit was very much motivated by the fish argument, wasn't it? That's a good um, point. Yeah, it, it, it seems to be the one area that they've done absolutely diddly about. The, the fishing industry was like a human shield. And, and I would say not only have they done nothing about it, and I think it's quite the opposite. The outcome for fishermen and the fishing industry has been disastrous. You know, yeah. Fishermen can't sell stuff. They've stopped fishing or they've, they're sailing all the way to Denmark or Norway with it because they've got export problems, which I think is great news for the fish. And I've celebrated that before. I don't lament the decline of fishing because it's so destructive. We have to, you know, we have to give sure. the seas back to nature. Uh, and I know that there are jobs involved in that, but you know, we, we can create new jobs in the green economy. That can be done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, one of the most massive ironies of Brexit is that fish was front and center and getting control of our waters back and our brave yeah. fishermen and blah, blah, blah. And they were thrown under a bus. It was very much the totemic line, wasn't it? Because, of course, it gave a sense not just of the industry, but a sense of boundaries, a sense of our borders. And it had all of that going on to it. And this was used to move around on any occasion a Brexiter wanted to advance the argument. It was about control of our own coastline. Yeah, and, and it actually evoked also the Dunkirk spirit, didn't it, with that little flotilla of boats up the Thames with that idiot Farage on the front of one of them. Uh, you know, and it was all about that kind of World War II nostalgia. You know, we beat the Germans single-handedly and saved Europe, and they're not grateful. And, oh, God, it was all of that. And, uh, yeah, fishing became uh, totemic, as you say. 
Indeed. Here's a question from Billy on Twitter. Congratulations on the electric highway news. We talked about this, of course, last week. How will we be able to find out which chargers are updated or out of order for upgrade? Yeah, good question, Billy. Uh, You made me think about that. Obviously, the electric highway app will still be the go-to place to find out from the existing fleet what's broken uh, and what's not. And in terms of the new stuff, that's very interesting because it's moving on to a new back end. So we're due to have some uh, planning meetings in the next few days about this. And uh, I think we'll have to put some comms out to let people know because for six months, we're going to be in a transition from an old to a new system. uh, And that could be a tricky thing. So thanks for the question. We'll we'll look at that. Indeed. Could you just put like a sign on them saying... This one's yet to be upgraded. Oh, we can do that, but it's a bit late when you get there for some people. They want to know in That's advance. That's true, yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> hours of fun for passing motoring. Uh, here's a question from Lisa. who says, Dale and Ian, I was listening to last week's podcast when you talked about how nuclear power stations warm up the ocean. I was waiting for you to talk about EDF and Sizewell C and the threat to RSPB Minsmere Reservation. That's in Suffolk. But you didn't. I was disappointed. Minsmere is my favorite place on earth. I've been going there for 40 years. It breaks my heart as it's now under serious threat because of Sizewell Sea heating up the ocean, killing fish and impacting amazing bird life. Can you give it a mention and a shout out to the RSPB campaign too to save it? Yeah, absolutely. No problem. And, you know, there's there's another campaign, at least one down there in Suffolk, campaigning directly against EDF and the power station. And, and we're supporting that as well. So shout out to those guys and to RSPB. And, you know, we, we don't need nuclear power. We're, we're completely opposed to it. And uh, we're doing what we can to help make sure it doesn't happen. I don't think it's a slam dunk that it will happen, but I think we have to fight to make sure that it doesn't. Are you ready for a government initiative? Uh, go on then you know the kind of the the sort of groundhog day thing where you think hang on a second is is this a new there was an initiative isn't there these are either an inquiry or an initiative and this is a government initiative to spend uh, more than a billion pound helping schools hospitals industries to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and encourage the growth of new low carbon technology now I, i can't identify and i've tried to find out if this is new money or whether it's existing money on the face of it, a good idea. What's not to like? Uh, yeah, this is old money uh, being recycled again. And and I think, you know, government recycling rates in terms of pledges are like super high these days. You know, they, they put the general population's recycling rates to shame. So uh, it's one area where our government are really leading from the front. You know, let's let's yeah. recycle more. I love it. But, you know, it's a it's even if it was new money, it's a billion quid. I mean, come on. You know, we've spent nearly 400 billion fighting the pandemic. Uh, Biden has just been made president and announced 1.6 trillion to, to stimulate the green economy in the U.S. And we and, and we we're recycling a billion quid and saying we're going to spend it making energy efficient uh, public buildings. Great. I mean, why not do that? But why not take VAT off energy efficiency stuff so that more and more people can can do this themselves without uh, need for government support? I mean, it's um, it's all a bit something and nothing. And that isn't anything that takes... I mean, again, we come back to that point of incredulity, Dale, that we we mull over and have done for several months now. You just think, well, it's just such an obvious thing to do. I mean, the VAT solar panel discussion versus coal, for example. I mean, that doesn't... A six-year-old could work out the ridiculousness of that situation. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's the perfect example because solar panels are zero carbon paying 20% VAT, coal, the highest carbon form of energy we know of, 
5% VAT. How do you justify that? And you can't anymore say it's because we're in the EU. I love that. Here's a question from Jenny on Facebook. I've got a great idea for an ethical food business. Need help, support, and investment. I'm sure you get asked this all the time. How can I pitch to you, Dale, says Jenny? Uh, send an email, I suppose. You know, uh, Most people guess my email address because it's guessable. Um, so I'll just give it, shall I? It's, it's my name, dale.vince at ecodrisdy.co.uk. Yep. I get a lot of uh, pictures, as you guessed, Jenny. <laughs> but look, I'll take a look. And if we can help you, we will. I mean, do do things or can things work like that where you know somebody just has an idea, they send it to somebody who's in a position sometimes to do something about it, and you know once in a while, if something you know floats the boat as it were, you, you'd pick up on it, but you would certainly have a look at it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's exactly what happens. We do both. We look, and occasionally there are things that uh, we can help with or want to get involved with, and we do. Here's a question about education um, or a story about education. 70% of teachers reckon they aren't equipped to talk about climate change. And I'm intrigued by this because there's a lot of um, pressure and some very um, valid arguments about what what should be taught in history, for example, at at the moment. A lot of history that people feel is is kind of erased almost from the curriculum and, and really should be there. And that's reasonable. But when it comes to something like climate change, it's interesting. This doesn't get mentioned that often. And you might think it's right up there. But 70% of teachers say they haven't got the well, the information to talk about this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this was a survey commissioned by a bunch of school kids, actually, that have been protesting against you know lack of action on the climate crisis. And I say fair play to them. And we have the same mindset that actually climate change should not just be taught in schools, but it should be in every single subject because it touches every single subject. And we're working with two local schools, uh, primary and secondary school, to uh, create curricula with the climate crisis or climate change issues woven into every single subject. And once we've created those and road tested them at these local schools, we're going to make them nationally available. Good. Uh, And that's how it should be, of course. Uh, Again, it's one of those areas where you might think this was already being dealt with somewhere, but, but clearly isn't. Yeah, I mean, as the kids say, school is meant to prepare kids for life. Climate change is, is what these kids will be facing when they leave school, and they're not being prepared for that. Um, the search for the American Dale Vince continues. Oh. Um, we, we've had this, it's like, I think, the third week on the bounce, Dale, isn't it, when we've been trying to <laughs> uh, discover if there is a, an American version, and somebody said uh, no, and others said yes. Jeremy in Portland is back onto us. He says, to be the US Dale Vince, you have to meet three criteria from the manifesto and a few extra. Number one, energy. Number two, transport. Number three, food. Number four, own a football club. And number five, don't eat squirrels. Uh, There's a few Americans that do one or two. Can't think of any that do all three. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's funny, uh, Jeremy. Thanks for that. It made me smile. Uh, I think the uh, the next point we're going to come on to is is interesting because last week we had a, a little laugh about Rob eating squirrels and saying, well, he can't possibly be the right guy then, can he? And I think uh, what you've got to read out next, in is somebody saying, actually, this guy's done an awful lot of good things and eating roadkill is, you know, just, uh, just yeah. you know, no well, big do, deal. Do you want me to give you the Greenfield CV of joy? Go do it. Yeah. Because Jay, who's in the UK, says, I heard you mention Rob Greenfield and roadkill isn't all uh, that he's about. Well, we mentioned apparently he eats squirrels in his garden. And I I introduced the roadkill factor. True. So yes, I we, don't know we whether sure, Rob eats roadkill, uh, eats roadkill or kills squirrel. I don't know. 
Yes. Uh, yes. However, Jay says he's done some amazing projects that would make people think about sustainability in Dale's favorite ways. Energy. He lives in a tiny, low-impact house. Transport. He cycled across America off-grid, no fossil fuels. And food. He grew and foraged all his own food for a whole year. Right, Love the podcast, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were just having a bit of fun, really. Uh, didn't uh, mean anything by it, Rob. Don't want to cast aspersions. I mean, we just don't know whether you kill squirrels or just eat dead squirrels. Um, but that's really interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, on the kind of the twitching compass of morality, where does somebody sit? So if I live in a small, low-impact house, if I do a lot of cycling and I grow my own food and I eat a really good, sustainable diet, but a couple of times a year I have a KFC, where would that put me? Am I person non grata to you, Dale, or am I a work in progress? <laughs> So my uh, my approach to all of this, to everybody, is to say, don't worry about doing everything. You know, it's not about being perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. Nobody should or should let that get in the way because uh, it can get in the way of getting started and doing something. So, you know, if you're talking about food, for example, I would say to somebody, who cares? Just stop eating one meal a week or one day a week. Who cares? True. Just get started. You know, if it's about yeah. transport, the same, just, you know, just reduce your petrol or diesel consumption. It doesn't matter. None of us have got to get there in a heartbeat and as long as we all start and get cracking then then you know all, all well and good we shouldn't be comparing ourselves with each other and no. you know we, this shouldn't be a willy waving contest <laughs> and we can't always be quote gloriously disheveled are you familiar with this phrase <laughs> yeah i read it this morning <laughs> or did he say gloriously or casually i think it was casually uh, was it casually yeah. casually disheveled yeah. this was an interview you did with city am right yeah, that's right. Last week, I think it was. And is there anything wrong with being casually disheveled? Well, no, except it made me think of Boris Johnson, and that was a bit alarming. Yeah. Although he's deliberately, he's deliberately disheveled, I think. You know, he messes his hair up, doesn't he? He just, he, you know, that's part of his yeah, style. Yeah, he wakes up and he's absolutely pristine, and then the dishevelers <laughs> come in and they say, sorry, Prime Minister, we're, we're, the dishevelling starts now, and they spray a windblower at his head and throw some food on his tie he's been caught doing it hasn't he before he comes on stage he's been caught messing his hair up yeah <laughs> very strange uh, i interviewed his dad this week how oh, did you um and the only thing i got from it was that this is what boris will look and sound like in 20 years time uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a clone and it's quite spookily like a clone in that respect well, look, on that subject, I just want to circle back to food because there's a story in the press this week about gene editing for farm animals, and it looks like it's going to be allowed. It'll be another one of these post-Brexit kind of bad outcomes, our government lowering standards and stuff like that. But, it, you know, it really, it really means we're going to interfere in the genetics of animals really, really rather directly rather than through kind of natural breeding and selection, but through gene editing. And, you know, it's one step closer to Frankenstein food. Uh, and here's a final one. This is about fashion waste. And we know there's a lot of wastage in all sorts of areas of life and in fashion in particular. But how do you fancy some virtual Gucci trainers, Dale? Well, I saw them and I love them. Uh, I want them in the real, though. Yeah, it's great because they, what, what they've done, I mean, a pair of Gucci trainers would set you back US money about $500. Uh, but you can buy these ones for $17.99. And they look pretty good, actually. But you can only wear them virtually. They don't really exist, right? Yeah, absolutely. But would you wear them? I'm surprised to hear you say they look pretty good. I mean, they're bubblegum. Well, I think pink. they look. They might look good on you. I think <laughs> on me, they 
they, they probably would. For anybody who's not seen, you're casually bubble- dishevelled, Dale. I'm not. I, so. I am. They're, they're bubblegum pink and eco-tricity lime green. I mean, they're yeah. a great combo. I love them. Or is the idea you just sort of put these on when you're having a Zoom chat? So. Yeah. No, totally. Well, I was chatting to some people a couple of weeks ago now, maybe a month ago. They're based just down the road from Forest Green, and they're doing exactly this. They're designing clothes uh, only for digital use and selling them online, just like Gucci have just announced. And, um, and I think it's a fabulous idea because what they're telling me is a lot of people on Instagram, they buy some piece of fashion, they take a picture of themselves in it, and that's it. They don't wear yeah. it again. And so it really appeals to be able to buy some digital fashion. And obviously, there's less harm done and it costs less. And, uh, and at the moment, of course, we're all locked down so nobody can go out. So, you know, True. digital fashion shows work. You've but, got to uh, make sure that works properly because if I'm sitting here on a Zoom call with a very important person like yourself and I've got you know my nice Armani suit on but then I move to the left and my head moves but the suit stays where it is I mean is that are these the likely problems with this no I think they do better than that um, and also you can use them, you can take them into games with you, which I think is just a, a great crossover because in games, I don't know how much you, you play or you're aware of games, but in games you can, you can yeah. buy skins, you know, you can change what your character wears and, and right. you, you can have a wardrobe of different things. And so there's a crossover now. You can take your Gucci stuff into Roblox, which I think is just fabulous. It's getting more interested by the second. Oh yeah, definitely. And and one final point from that article, which I thought was really quite neat. Um, uh, we, we're talking trainers that kids won't grow out of. That's very true. Yeah, you've got them forever. Yeah, you can't feel them though, can you? No, nope. no, no blisters. There's uh, the other plus. I, I just want a pair of those trainers for real. I don't know. If I'll they get you some for Christmas, Dale. Done. We'll speak next week. Yeah, brilliant. See you, Ian. Have a good one, Dale Prince. That's it for this episode. Don't forget you can follow the podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically, all totally free, of course. Leave a review there too. And if you want to get in touch, you can email your comments and questions, zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. The really important bit, follow Dale on Twitter as well and on Facebook. That's twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. And we'll see you in a week. Zero carbon east off.